following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hey listeners, welcome to episode 67 of TGIC Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. And today we're doing a bit of a back-to-school themed episode. So... Um, we're going to do back to school theme, except for we're kind of unhinged, so we chose to research a murder that occurred on the college campuses that we're about to live on. Well, I guess so fun. by the time this comes out, we will have been living there for like a month, yeah. but yeah, we thought that would be an interesting choice, you know? We're preparing for college right now, so let's yeah. prepare to be safe. Yeah, prepare to be safe. And like, I mean, honestly though, like we can't really do anything about murderers. They just no, kind of exist. they just kind of happen. You gotta um, live with that. Anyway... Yeah, so we're going to do two, like, mini-cases. Izzy's going to share one from UVM, and then I'm going to share one from UGA. Yay, let's get started. <laughs> so happy. I literally was telling my mom about this case earlier, and she started crying. Oh. Like, fully. Yeah, that's not good. No. But anyways, so, UVM murder. Murder of Michelle Gardner-Quinn. So, Michelle Gardner-Quinn was born on January 28th in 1985, and she was 21 years old at the time of her disappearance on October 7th of 2006. She was born in Arlington, Virginia, and she was a senior who was majoring in Latin American Studies and Environmental Science. On October 7th of 2006, since the evening of the night before on Friday, October 6th, Michelle had actually been with her close friends to celebrate the birthday of one of their other friends. These festivities spanned into the early morning hours of October 7th when her and her friends were in downtown Burlington. That is until Michelle got separated from them later on in the night and her phone died. So while she was walking down Main Street, which is in the middle of town, um, and there's like a lot of frat houses and businesses and like elementary, or not elementary, um, like like offices there, Mm. um, which is weird. I've been on the street. Yeah, because you toured there. Yeah. Anyways, she decided to ask, like, some dude walking down the street if she could borrow his phone to get in contact with her friends. So, the man who she borrowed the phone from was Brian Rooney, a construction worker, father of three, and husband. Around 2.34 a.m., a camera on a local jewelry store caught Rooney and Michelle on video walking down the street just talking, and it really didn't seem like she was, um, like... They weren't scuffling, like, he wasn't, like, grabbing her or anything. They were literally just walking down the street talking. Mm -hmm. And at this time, she was actually on the phone with her friend Tommy Lang, whom she had grown up with in Arlington and who was also a UVM senior. He said in an interview that nothing seemed off over the phone and that her tone of voice was the exact same as it was, like, the last time they had seen her and just, like, not even that long before. So, by the middle of the day on October 7th, when Michelle had not arrived at a scheduled meetup with her parents, who were visiting for freaking parents' weekend. Oh, geez. Which is so sad. Yeah. Their concerns began to rise, and they ended up reporting her missing. And while the search for Michelle began, Tommy actually ended up calling back the number that Michelle had called from earlier on Rooney's phone. And this is so scary to me, but... Apparently, Rooney picked up the phone and told Tommy that he and Michelle had, like, just walked back up towards the dorms, and he had no idea where she was. Oh. Which is, like, how, why would you pick up the phone? And also, like, my thing is, like, how, I mean, who are you to, like, to kidnap someone when they're, after they just talked to their friends and said they were on the way back to the dorm? Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, that's just so crazy to me. No, because that's actually kind of scary because, like, if you think, like, when you think in, like, situations where, like, you're unsafe, they tell you to, like, you know, call, call your friends. friends and, like, make sure the person's aware that people are waiting for you. But that clearly didn't stop this guy. Yeah. So, October 13th of 2006, which is about, like, a week later, um, hikers actually found Michelle's body near a swimming hole called Huntington Gorge. And she was partially nude and shoved into a crevice and covered with leaves. And an autopsy later revealed that she had been sexually assaulted, beaten, and strangled to death. And they also recovered DNA evidence from her body, which was sperm. In the press conference in which the police announced they had recovered Michelle's body, they also announced that they had actually arrested 36-year-old Brian Rooney on unrelated charges after looking into him. Rooney was charged with sex charges relating to sexual assault in Caledonia County and a child sex charge stemming from an incident in 1990. Jesus. So this guy's just a piece of shit. It's just, like, really scary. Like, you never know who you can trust. Like, she found somebody who probably looked like, you know, like a parent. Yeah, literally. And so she asked to borrow the phone and, like... That's what happened. That's awful. No, and then I, like, got into contact with her friends. Yeah. I, I That's the thing that really throws me off. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that they tell you. It's like, if you're in an Uber, make sure that they know someone's expecting you. Yeah. And that should deter them. Like, that didn't work But in that didn't work. Also, like, thankfully, like, we're in a time now. It's like, mm-hmm. phones are a lot easier. Like, like, she probably didn't... This day and age, you wouldn't need to ask for a phone. You could just ask for a phone charger. Like, you could no, go exactly. into, like, a business or a restaurant, and they'd have, someone would have a phone charger that was compatible with your phone. Yeah. So that is, like, a little... You could tell your mom that. Yeah. Um, There are, like, safety features now that have come with time that'll be, like, a little bit not More so helpful. scary. Yeah, like, 2006 was a difficult time. Like, no one had the same phone charger. It was yeah, all, like... it was all very different, not standardized. Yeah, and, like, I don't... I don't know. That's just, that's really scary. And also, I feel like generally people didn't rely on their phones as much as we do nowadays. Yeah, that too. Like, I feel like, like, before you go out, you make sure your phone is fully charged. Exactly. And if it's not, then you stay with your friends yeah, like who that, also have phones. Yeah, like, that was not a 2006. Because yeah. everyone lived without phones for so long. Exactly. Jeez, we sound like such Gen Zers. No, we do. We're like, um, everyone has their phones. Everyone's phones is fully charged. Yeah, obviously, like, everyone always has their phones and, like, their extra power bank, etc., etc. Yeah, dude, I see people go out with, like, their, like, their <clears throat> phone battery, like, what do you call it? Like, the phone battery thing? What, yeah, I don't know what those a are called. A charger or, like, an extra battery? The, the portable chargers. Yeah, yeah, like a power bank. I know a girl that brought, like, three portable chargers to a concert with her. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, smart. You yeah. Know, you never know. I mean, it was Taylor Swift. I don't think she wanted to miss any. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Brian Rooney. So as I've been saying, this guy's total creepo, pedo, 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 pedo. I think everything except for what did, what was the one that you pedo? said? Pedo. No, pedo sounds okay. Pedo, pedo. You said another one. That I don't know. Weird. Whatever. And in addition to the other charges of sex related crimes, he had a past girlfriend whom he also had a child with who claimed that he threatened to kill her on multiple occasions. Oh, that's not normal. Which is absolutely horrible. Um, he was also seen a few days after the murder in Winooski at a business where he had cuts all over his hands. Oh. Um, so in a trial that actually took place a little bit outside of Burlington, Rooney was found guilty and convicted of the murder of Michelle Gardner Quinn based on the DNA evidence from the sperm found inside of Michelle on May 22nd, 2008, and he was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole on October 17th of 2008. Well, at least, you know, he was arrested. Yeah, there was justice. I don't... Yeah, that's good that there was justice. 
That sucks, yeah. though. Like, I just, I hate that that was, like, a situation where she was probably trying to do the safe thing. Like, she got no, separated, exactly. so she asked you someone's phone. Exactly, and she was, like, and she got in contact with her friends. Yeah. Like, she didn't just try and walk home. Yeah, no, whatever. like, she was literally trying to do the safe thing. Like, that just sucks. Which is horrible. That's oh, just no. awful. The world's such a shitty place. And the fact that, like, her friend, they were on the phone with her friend, and then... She sounded fine. And then his, like, her friend Tommy literally called the same phone yeah. the next day. Like, he was trying to just double check, and, like, he, ugh, that's awful. That's horrible. I hate that. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to share a murder from my school. That's, this is a pleasant thing that we do now. Yeah. Um, all right. So, a UGA murder. This is the murder <laughs> of Jennifer Lindstone. Jennifer Lindstone was born, was, she was 22 years old and a senior at UGA in 1992. So she was majoring in advertising, and she was a big photographer. She was known for being just, like, really creative and enthusiastic. I think she was interested in, like, creative advertising, so, like, mm. pictures and stuff. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah, I think at the time, like, what she had cam- she had a ton of cameras, but yeah. pictures on one of her cameras was, like, she was using, like, her nieces and nephews to pose, like, a peanut butter campaign she was trying to run. Oh, that reminds me of Ramona and Beezus. Oh, yeah. Didn't she do, like, a little dance? Yeah. With- yeah. Oh, I love that movie. I do, too. The soundtrack for that movie is good. I kind of listen to it a lot. It is really good. It's, it's like a weird thing I listen to. <laughs> anyway, um, Jennifer was from Roswell, Georgia. Fun fact, that's where my nanny used to live. She doesn't live there anymore, but she did used to live there. It's a suburb of Atlanta. Um, I'm glad that everybody is very glad they know that. Now. I just wanted to share. It's a fun fact. Um, anyway, Jennifer was a member of the Kappa Delta sorority. I know people who's rushing that sorority. Do you really? Yeah. I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> If I'm being completely honest, do you really? Yeah. Oh. A lot of people from our school are Russian. Oh, I don't know jack shit about sororities. I know, I know there's like, yeah, no, I actually don't know <laughs> shit about sororities. I was really going to try to come up with something. I couldn't even tell you the sorority my mom was in. I know that my, my dad was in Sigma Nu. They called oh. them Sigma Nerds because <laughs> they were like the nerd sorority or fraternity. Yeah, I don't know shit about sororities. But anyway, she's a Kappa Delta. I don't, is that a good one? I don't even know. Okay, I don't, I don't know. Um, she lived alone in a three-bedroom apartment in downtown Athens, which Dang, is kind of crazy okay. to live alone in a three-bedroom three apartment. Three-bedroom in Athens? Yeah. I, Athens was probably cheaper than, than yeah. it is now. Hi-key, though. I am so excited to move to Athens because food in Atlanta has gotten too expensive, and I'm excited for, like, the slight price yeah. drop that I'm going to experience when I move there. I just realized something. What? My aunt was going to school at UGA when this happened. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Oh, you should ask her about Anyways, it. the many connections. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, so she lived in this apartment in downtown Athens, and it was connected to, like, a clothing store, and then it was also behind the bus station. <sighs> what? Bus station. Well, it could be convenient if you ride the bus. It would be, yeah. I mean, it might be, like... But, like, I just think about, bus. like, serial killer, murder, train station, bus station. I guess. Do they ride the bus? I always think about no, truck drivers. No, I feel drivers. like the train. And truck drivers. Truck drivers. That's, like, not the same thing. I think about, like, there's so many murderers who go by train hopping mm. i feel like like high-key serial killers like think they're too good for the bus that's that's so valid i like i just don't, I don't know why i feel like that i just feel like that like like i feel like the zodiac killer that's really thinks he's like too good for the bus yeah anyway i really just need to share that anyway okay so this is the timeline that the cops have kind of put together but it's not 100 percent confirmed just because jennifer was like alone for most of the night so it's kind of just what they've pieced together based on what they like yeah think where she was or whatever so, April 23rd, 1992, Jennifer had been working on a project, like, into the early hours of the morning on April 23rd, and around, like, 12, 1 a.m., she was seen by a friend walking near her apartment in downtown Athens when she went to go get some fresh air. 
This was the last time that she was seen alive. So at 7 p.m. that day, Jennifer had missed two group project meetings. There was, like, one at noon and one at 6 p.m. And this was, like, really out of character for her. And to miss two in the same day, too, without, like, contacting anybody, people Mm -hmm. just thought that was really bizarre. So they went, her, like, project group members went to go check on her. And when they arrived, they they found the door unlocked because they were able to get in. And they found Jennifer's body in the bedroom of her apartment. Oy. Yeah. That's got to be a lot to see when you, like, think you're checking in on someone that's probably, like, sick or something. And then that's what you find. Like, that's just awful. That is horrible. All right. So the only suspect in this case is unidentified man. Which is, like, really horrifying that I'm about to go to a school with... An unidentified man? Yeah, as the suspect. I mean, he's probably not around anymore, if I had to guess. This was was a while ago, but, like, yours is solved. Yeah. Anyway. At least I'm not going to... Was it UF had that serial killer stop at it? Ted Bundy was at UF for a really long time? At least I'm not going to UF. Yeah. Anyway. um, I have a dog superiority complex. (laughs) No, I'm just upset that I couldn't go to you. Go dogs. Anyway. Um, no, go cats. Go cats? Catamounts. You know the catamounts are not extinct? You know that they're just also called mountain lions? Anyway. I read a little thing when I was at the San Diego Zoo last week. I saw a little thing, and it was like mountain lions, a.k.a. catamounts. And then it was like a whole little thing about it. And I'm thinking to myself, Izzy told me catamounts are Someone told me that extinct. they were extinct in 2018. Uh, I'm pretty... I'm well, mountain lions mm-hmm. aren't extinct, and if they're the same thing... Yeah, I have no idea. That's kind of funny. That's, I don't know. Well, that's exciting, though. They're not extinct. Yay. Yay. Anyway, unidentified man. It is suspected that she had returned to a burglar who had come in when she had left her apartment door unlocked, and then he raped and killed her because, like, that's like a, like, when sometimes burglars do that when they're surprised. That's, like, not, like, an excuse. I just, like, I've heard that in other cases before. Yeah. Like, there was that case. Did you ever hear about that one, the one that was in South Georgia? Um... It was, like, some guy, like, was, like, stealing from his te- old teacher's apartment, and then he, like, decided to rape and kill her when she came in. No. Oh. There's a whole podcast on it. Up and Vanished, I think it was called. Oh. The podcast, like, solved that case. Anyway. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what they suspect happened, was basically that she, like, surprised a burglar, and then that's what he decided to do, which is really fucked that's if you think horrible. about it. Like, why wouldn't he just, like, Walk knock away. her out? I mean... I don't think he would walk away. He's clearly yeah. He's clearly malintentioned. I'm just saying, like, why why rape and kill her? Why not just like hit her in the head and run? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just like I don't know. Anyway, the killer had then traded two of her cameras for crack. One. How do a, they know this? Because they investigated pretty hardcore. But how do they not know who it is? I I don't know. They got a lot of evidence. They just don't know who it is. And can you let me tell my story? Okay. Yeah. Interrupter. Sorry. <laughs> So they tra- he traded two of her cameras for crack, or at least someone did, but they suspect it was the killer. One at a nearby pool hall, and then the other at an apartment complex. So witnesses who saw him, like, do this little camera trade. Also, I didn't know cameras could just be traded for crack like that. Yeah, what? He did it, like, twice at two separate places. I didn't know there was, like, a big that camera a crack exchange. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just, like, so, like, out of pocket. Like, I didn't realize, like, crack dealers liked photography. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Um, they need someone to photograph their product. I guess. Witnesses who saw him sell the cameras, or trade the cameras, said he was a light-skinned black man with a mustache, but no one recognized him. 
So this like might not even be the killer. He could have just like somehow gotten the cameras. Like who knows if there's like a market for trading crack for cameras. Maybe he like had done some trading already. But yeah, maybe his friend gave him the cameras. Yeah. Anyway, they do suspect this is the killer just because the description like had lined up with the DNA evidence they found at the scene because there was hair and semen. Yeah. And so that kind of lined up with the description. But no one has any idea who this guy is. Police suspect it was someone who is like not from town and had arrived via the bus station near her apartment. Which is, you know, you, you had said the bus station was creepy, but yeah. I don't want to, like, be scared of the bus system I'm about to, like... I'm work. about to have to use a bus system, too. At College least you're, kids. like... At least you're not, like, you know, aware of a murderer who traveled in via the bus system. <laughs> like, just be very, like, have your eyes up. Anyway, they suspect he had arrived via the bus station, and... They say they're also open to the idea that Jennifer knew her killer, but based on the fact that no one in town, like, recognized this description or recognized him, like, trading the cameras for he crap. Probably, she probably did. He was probably, like, an out-of-towner. An out-of-towner. Like, he just, like, hopped off the bus in the middle of the night and was, like, maybe wandering around, saw her leave her apartment, and then, like, thought he would, like, burgle her. Yeah. Is that an expression, burgle? Burgle, yeah. To burgle? I kind of like it. And also, like, I just want to say, like, I, I was literally... <laughs> I swear to God, I was with someone not too long ago, and I saw someone going on a walk at, like, 2 in the morning by herself. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, that, scares me. I don't even like walking there, like, in broad daylight alone No, sometimes. literally. I can't even imagine. I made my brother walk me to CVS yesterday. <laughs> and that's, like, it's, like, a mile. It's not even a mile. Yeah. It's not even a mile, because it's, like, halfway between our houses, and your house is a yeah, mile Yeah, my house is a mile away. Holy shit. Yeah, I made my brother escort me on that walk. Anyway. Um, so they suspect it was some guy that had traveled in through this bus. Um, there were also, like, a couple of other rumors about the murder, but this was, like, the strongest lead was that, like, it was some random guy. There's a description. They knew he had the cameras that he traded for crack, and they thought he came in on the bus. Authorities believe that the best lead in this case is the DNA evidence. Unfortunately, there's this kind of, like, lapse because... Georgia didn't start requiring convicted felons to give DNA samples until 2000, which was eight years after the murder. So they're thinking if he, like, did commit a crime, like, you know, in the years, like, couple years following, they would have missed the DNA. Yeah. Which kind of, like, that really sucks. That does really suck. Like, this is their strongest lead, so they just got to hope at this point, like, some relative, like, submits DNA to, like, one of those, like... Ancestry Ancestry things. Which I feel like enough people do those at this point. Or, like, a... Yeah. Or DNA, 23andMe, whatever. Or, like, somebody else in their family commits a crime, or he commits another crime. But honestly, now it's, like, seems so long ago. Like, that's what 31 years ago yeah like he's not committing another crime now like they they basically they missed the time that he would have been a repeat offender yeah which really sucks and also i think for a while they didn't have a federal database either yeah and so, so if he committed like, a crime in another state anyway. the dna could like couldn't be transferred yeah so that's the, like their best lead right now but honestly because of that lapse it's kind of iffy so police in Athens are actively still trying to solve this crime, and they're, like, currently reviewing the evidence, and they hope that the DNA will just eventually present a match. But, like, they're, like, actively reviewing this. Like, there, I saw a quote, I think, something with the lieutenant. He, like, said, he was like, I hope I don't die before this case is solved. Like, I want to solve this case before I die. And I was like, it's, oh. like, pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, like, I think about it, and I'm like, if I was working in, like, a police station, would you want to do cold cases or, like, active ones? Because I think cold cases would be so interesting but so, un- like, okay, they would be either really unsatisfying or very satisfying. I'd want to do cold cases, I think. Yeah. I also, like, I keep thinking cold cases are safer. Because you just, you get to sit there and look through a box of information. Yeah, rather than, like... Every once in a while, I'll go talk to, like, some old people. Like, 
this is all based on my knowledge of law and order, but <laughs> I feel like, you know, when they look at cold cases, literally all they do is they look through evidence in boxes and then they go talk to old people. And then like in current cases, they have to like run from guns and stuff. Yeah. So I'd rather look at cold cases. Yeah. Um, anyway, these were some college murder cases. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to go check out our other episodes and follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Bye. Bye.